This is Colossus, and you are listening to The High Regard Show. The High Regard Show. It's not the thing I'm looking for. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. Hi there, hello, how are you? Oh, well, that's quite the greeting. I know, I heard it in a song. Oh, did you? I think so. <laughs> the hell song is this? I think it's like it's like one of those folky like seventies, like when singers and songwriters are like were like real popular back in the seventies, maybe. Oh well, nope, I don't know that one. All right, well, you're not very folky, so I guess it's not a surprise. Not folky in the least. Well, anyway, welcome to the High Regard Show, everyone. What number? Number one hundred. It is number 100. 100 weeks we've been at this, bitch. We have recorded 100 times that everybody out there has heard. And then it's probably another three, 400 times Millions. at least. To infinity and beyond. Of just us starting the show and then having to restart the show because what happened just a minute ago before we started this show. Most likely my fault, sometimes your fault because you get bitchy. 100% your fault today. It was one, the microphone. I will I will admit 100%. that it was my fault. Yes, I moved the microphone. Who moved the microphone on show 100? I just got, I wanted to get comfortable. I wasn't feeling particularly comfortable in my chair, so I thought like I'd shift a little and then it just happened that like I didn't want this in my face right now. Well, that's why we do all the testing before to make sure the sound <laughs> is good. You're locked into your position. Oh, it's so and then old you're like, hat. You're oh, complaining all the time. Here we go. I'm locked in position. Let me run through the alphabet and sing it and get high and low, whatever. And then and then what happens? I like to keep you on your toes, Tom, because things happen. You have to be ready to roll with the punches. So I'm doing it for you to keep your producer legs a churning. It's not. It's not my toes that you're putting me on. It's on my last nerve that you're putting me on, woman. And this is how he treats me on the anniversary of our hundredth show. Well, I don't have a problem with the show, just with you know how it goes sometimes. Well, <laughs> there we go. Well. <laughs> Why don't we just move things right along to get me out of the hot seat and go right into what you heard? Yes, let's go to your segment right away. My one segment. <laughs> well, go on now. Let's hear what you got to say for yourself. You heard? This week's You Heard comes to us from the Minskoff Theater, right here in New York City. It's the best hotel in Daytona. That's not saying much. You know what's weird? I saw this Conan commercial the other night on TBS, of course. And um, during the commercial, 
Conan asks somebody serving in the military overseas mm-hmm. who was, I think, from somewhere in Florida. And Poor um, person. Yeah, and he goes and says, what's worse, being here or going back home? <laughs> <laughs> what did the person say? The person just started laughing because it was just a clip out of the commercial, so you didn't get like a full answer. But I got to say, like, it's got to be a coin toss at that point in time, man. Yeah, war zone or Florida? War zone or Florida? Yeah, it's kind of weird that, you know. Yeah. But... but- Thank you for that, you know, anecdote. And you heard, Tom, we really appreciate hearing it. Well, I try to, you know, (laughs) zhuzh it up the best I can. (laughs) (laughs) That's this week's You Heard, everybody. So for show numero 100, because I only know like five numbers in Spanish, so I don't know what's numero what I don't know. numero one hundred be. So numero one hundred. Um, we actually have a guest. I think it's uno hundredo. Uno hundredo. Okay, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's all sorts of wrong. That's not it. I, I maybe not, maybe not. But anyway, our guest this week is Aubrey Logan, who is a member of. Postmodern Jukebox, Scott Bradley's Postmodern Jukebox, who is a, it, which is a very funky and fun and just infectious band that, you know, takes these classic songs, even, you know, new pop hits like they just did, that stupid Taylor Swift song that just came out that everybody's all, you know, up in arms about. But they, like, they're very, like, finger on the pulse of what's going on in pop culture and plus, like, the way to honor like songs of the past and they like jazz them up like literally they big they take like a big band treatment to them and they really like reinvent these songs that you know by heart but then like you've never heard them this way before and it's so incredible and you actually introduced me to the band I did actually and it was weird because one of I would say my favorite songs is Creep by Radiohead Mm -hmm. I love that song because you're a creep probably and that was the first time that I've ever heard anything from Postmodern Jukebox was for Creep, like a cover mm-hmm. of that. And uh, I was like, when I first heard it, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's so weird. Like, I know this song, but I don't know this song. Right, right. Like, what the hell is going on? And then from that one video, just delved right down the rabbit hole with it. And seriously, man, like, just got addicted to it. You know? Yeah. So you were lucky enough to get the interview with Aubrey. Right. And, um, you know, why don't we go to it and check it out? Oh, I'm sorry. You had something to say? <laughs> no, I guess not. I guess we could we could save it for later. Because, like, one of the things that I loved that Aubrey did, because they have various singers that, you know, s- perform these songs and stuff. And y- so Aubrey actually sang one of, like, the songs that, like, when I think of me as a young kid, like, music of my life... Ice Ice Baby was a huge part of that for like judge me if you will that's fine I was like 12 or something when that song came out so it was just like I loved Vanilla Ice for like maybe 15 minutes of my life when I was like a young kid so she does the version she does she you know Helms Postmodern Jukebox's Ice Ice Baby version and it is so amazing like it was so so good so that's where like you know we first knew Abby from and she just released her debut album 
on the day we actually spoke to her, which was on Friday. So her album came out and it was number three on the iTunes jazz charts, like out of the gate. So that's like a really stellar debut album, you know, for somebody who's breaking off on her own for the first time. She's been a musician her whole life. And she kind of like tells us a little bit about, you know, how she became with, how she got with Postmodern Jukebox, how, what went into making the new album and why Impossible is such a great name for it. And we even got her to answer who she would want to cover one of her songs off of her new album. Well. So now we can get into the interview. So why don't you do the honors for our 100th episode? Well, since we're apparently not saving that story for later, like you started out saying, (laughs) unless there's more to it than that, let's roll that fabulous bean footage. Hello? Hi, is this Nikki? Hi, is this Aubrey? It sure is. Hi, thank you so much for coming on the High Regard Show. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course, and congratulations on having Impossible come out today. And not only that, it's number three on the iTunes jazz charts. How does that feel? It is, thank you. So how does that feel? Oh man, it feels so cool. You know, I didn't, I didn't expect it. Honestly, I, I woke up this morning and saw that, and I just have to thank everybody who pre-ordered it on iTunes and everybody who's been waiting for it because um, you never, you never know. You know, you work really hard on a project, and then you, you, you put it out, and it's suddenly kind of like not yours anymore, and then you see what it does, and so. I, I mean, I even I even cried a little bit. It was it was really cool. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, was it as fun to make as it sounds? Well, absolutely. I I had a, a good a great time making it. Um, it was I was on the road a lot while making the album. So I was on the road with this group I performed with called Postmodern Jukebox mm-hmm. um, for most of the year that I made this album. So what I would do was I'd go on the road finish some things while on the tour bus, come back home to LA every now and then, record some of it, leave again, come back, and as I'd leave, the producer would do some mixes, and he'd send them to me while I was on the road, and then I'd come back and sing more, come back and, and have the band record more, and then leave again. So it was kind of like this journey while making the record. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm really, really happy with how it turned out. I feel like it's the most representative thing of me that I've ever had the chance to do. Oh, that's awesome. And you know, it does include, um, you know, nine original tracks. So can you explain a little bit about what your writing process is like? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I, the first thing that comes to my mind is usually a melody and a rhythmic, rhythmic idea. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the first song, one for one, one of the songs, for example, is called gossip. Um, I did think about a meaning when I first wrote that song, like, oh my gosh, you know, someone, I heard somebody talk bad about, about somebody to my face, you know, (laughs) one time, you know, and I'm thinking, wait a minute, you're talking bad about them. What do you say about me when you're not, when I'm not here? Right. And that, and that was an idea. And I got this sudden feeling and I, and I had this impression in my mind, a vision of like, 
children on the playground because it was an adult talking to me, but it felt, you know, I had this, I had this, oh my gosh, it's kind of like a childish thing. So I had this, like in my head but I didn't have any of the words yet you know I just right. I just thought you know I envisioned like girls with a jump rope you know skipping rope I envisioned like teenagers <laughs> talking to each other so out came this like cheerleader-esque kind of school song thing and the chords immediately came to my head you know but the lyrics come later that's that's kind of my you know, process. The lyrics don't come first. Um, two of the songs, however, actually three of the songs, however, I did write with other people. Okay. And they have a different writing process than me. They actually are really great with lyrics first. So was that hard for you to kind of adapt, you know, your normal, you know, manner of business to with, with, with other people that you were writing with? Not really. This, these people were... It's almost like we complimented each other right off the bat, oh, and awesome. it made it it made it more complete even quicker. Awesome! And do you happen to have a favorite song, or is that like asking you to pick? You know, which kid you like? It's probably <laughs> you know I don't. But if I did have to answer that, it would be the last. It would be the title track, which is the tw- track twelve of all the twelve. Um, it's called Impossible, and uh, I wrote it. It's the most probably intimate emotionally charged um personal song that i wrote on the record so it's it's i've been told you know growing up in this hollywood environment the past five years oh you can't you can't market jazz and pop you know together like that or or how are we gonna it's impossible to do what you envision i was told that sometimes by even well-meaning people and um so the tagline is it looks impossible, so I must be on to something. Um, yeah, and, and that, that that's definitely my favorite, I would say. Awesome. That's that's a perfect, you know, <laughs> perfect name for this, uh, the album then, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, the, you know, there's also three covers on Impossible. Did you, was recording them different um, from the way that you record with Postmodern Jukebox? You know, and how so, if, pos- if uh, so? Um, yeah, it was different because... Um, you know, Scott Bradley, who runs Postmodern Jukebox, he likes to get in a room and record everything live all at once. Um, you know, however, though, now that I think about it, we did the exact same thing with these three covers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually, it, it wasn't all that different because um, Scott and I, we met because I was doing kind of a similar thing to what he was doing. Um, he just was totally blown up. So when we called each other and kind of played phone tag, it was because we were like, hey, we should do we should do something together. Right. Um, and the the three songs I did are they were done in more of a jazz uh, tradition where we I arranged the tune, you know, wrote it down on the paper, mm-hmm. handed it to the musicians. We got in the room and we kind of captured the performance um, right. all in one place. And so the three covers are Habanero, which is an opera piece from the 1800s that I changed to be far jazzier and modern sounding and almost Latin-esque. Right. And it's in French. And then um, MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This, because why not? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, we took his rap verse and we swing it and we turn it into bebop, which, you know, again, I just wrote down the arrangement, gave it to the musicians, and we played it in the studio live together. Uh, and then the other one is... Um, 
a duet with Casey Abrams, and we did the Mamas and the Papas, California Dreamin', which uh, we did in a little bit more of a, again, emotionally charged way than you might hear it, hear other people that have covered that. It's a little more, uh, it's a little more fun. It's a little more, um, a little less, a little less, uh, less heavy. But uh, Casey Abrams and I, he's, he's an American Idol alumni. He's also part of Postmodern Jukebox. We were, out, we were in Belfast, Ireland on tour together. And again, back to going on tour and then coming home to record back right. and forth. This almost served the album, being on tour and being away from home. Because when we were in Belfast, we had this really rainy day on that tour, I remember. And the pipes ended up bursting backstage during the show. Oh, God. We'd come backstage to do costume changes. We're in our high heels with our long evening gowns and 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 whatever garb we had on and we kind of had to do our quick changes in the muck and then go on stage and act like nothing had happened <laughs> and, and we all were kind of frustrated that day and I started singing California Dreamin' just like in homesickness, yeah. <laughs> homesickness. and Casey joined me and it was so pretty that I thought man I gotta tack this onto the record and I gotta ask Casey to do it so that's what we did. Oh, that's awesome. What a great backstory. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, horrible, but great. <laughs> it, it happens, you know? Yeah. And, you know, just um, speaking a little bit to, you know, the postmodern jukebox way, you know, do you have a say in the songs that you do with postmodern or is that kind of Scott's realm? Well, it's all a ma- it's all a conversation that he has with the singers, at least in my experience. Right. Um, Scott and I collaborate together over text usually. And I'll say, hey, how about this idea? And he'll say, yeah, or he'll say, no, but what about this one? Because ultimately, he's the producer, so it's his call. But he always listens to to us, to the right. best artists that he brings on, you know, because he wants it to be a good fit, and um, it shows. So it's usually a collaborative effort. Awesome. And yeah. you know, is there a song that, you know, you have, like, that you wish that you could cover, but you haven't yet, either for yourself or with Postmodern? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually thinking about album number two right now. Nice. Um, there's, I'm writing it right now, and I'm writing originals, but I also like to insert covers into into my stuff. So I am I'm on a really big uh, Hall & Oates kick right now, <laughs> and I do want to do their hit, Make My Dreams Come True, but instead of as that really, you know, groovy, catchy hook, that they that they have I'll I'll take it down and make it kind of a yearning haunting ballad. Oh, awesome. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. That's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, going back to You Can't Touch This, I mean, it's Mm -hmm. so infectious and it's so incredible. You know, in the video, I could barely catch my breath watching you because you go from singing to trombone to back to singing. You know, is it hard to jump back and forth like that, especially, you know, during a live performance? Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah, it's hard. I will say I will say it's hard, but. Um, you know, you practice it like you practice everything else. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you have two things going on. You have singing, which is which is its own, you know, comes with its own set of challenges. And then you have the trombone, which I just, I like to call that my humble machine because it, it's actually not a very, it's actually kind of a thorn in my side. You know, I love <laughs> it so much and I'll never put it down. Um, but putting them together is almost, I almost practice it sometimes as if it's choreography. So right. I won't 
really practice the singing by, you know, because I want that to be spontaneous. And I won't practice the trombone playing itself, like exactly what I'll play on stage, because again, I want that to be improvised. But what I will practice over and over again is singing the end of the phrase, picking up the trombone and putting it on my face and then playing the first note, you know? So I will practice that like choreography a lot of the time, because even your breathing has to be almost planned because you don't have that much time to breathe. So you have to plan when that will happen. Right. Okay. That's very interesting. And you know, and, and like hammer, you've toured around the world from London to the (laughs) Bay, (laughs) but what's the best part of being on the road as much as you are? Is there a good part to it? Absolutely. Well, at this time, at this stage in the game, I'm playing with different musicians around the world every time. So whatever show I'm doing, whatever region I'm in, I'm usually getting musicians that are from close by. Right. They're incredible. And I think my favorite part is the fact that there's so many world-class musicians in the world that uh, we might not have seen each other in months and months, but when we get together and it's showtime, it's like we're, we've been best friends right. ever, and we've never left. So I think that would be my favorite part. Awesome. And yeah. do you see a difference between, you know, European audiences and American audiences and how they react to, you know, this type of music? Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I uh, definitely have noticed there's cultural differences from city to city even, mm-hmm. um, even within the same country sometimes. So, you know, the... In the UK, for example, um, you know, the London audience usually is a little bit more subdued than maybe an American audience. But again, it depends on which city in America you're talking about. Right. And and again, in in France, they're, they're different in the UK. Uh, some, some are calmer and quieter, and that's absolutely their form of respect. And then some hoot and holler and shout and yell and... You know, I prefer I prefer the hoot, holler, shout, and yell um, personally. But that's again, that's what I grew up with. So right. I've learned that listening very intently is a whole other form of appreciation. And um, and yeah, I just kind of go with no expectation because uh, I'm usually surprised no matter where I go, (laughs) what kind of reaction I'm going to get, you know, culturally. Right. And, you know, on your Twitter, you often share, you know, back behind the scenes of what it's like to be traveling so much. So do you have, you know, any insider tips for staying sane while traveling? Because traveling is not fun when you take it down to the bare bones. Mm. Yeah, it's not. I I think um, nothing can replace a good pair of headphones, you know. Um, (laughs) Get in your own world. In fact, I'm talking to you on a podcast right now. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. I actually have a lot of podcasts downloaded to my phone. So I, <laughs> it, as a musician, sometimes I don't really want to listen to music all the time. Right. I'd rather listen to someone talk about it or talk about something else entirely. So I download a lot of podcasts. I get. I download a lot of audiobooks, and I just kind of get into my own world while traveling. And then the other. <laughs> The other thing is just physically, you might not be able to get sleep. You might not be able to eat right. You might not be able to exercise well. So what you can do is you can drink a ton of water. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, and if I don't do that, I, it, it, won't, it won't turn out okay. So that's another tip. Just drink water like, like triple the amount you think you need. <laughs> <laughs> right, good to know. And yeah. uh, what can fans expect from your show at Rockwood Music Hall here in New York next week? Oh, thank you. I hope they're going to cry and laugh. 
that's what I think they can expect. I hope they can they can expect to go on um, a really fun emotional ride, but also just lots of. I, I hope their face hurts from laughing by the time they're <laughs> by the time it's over. I hope their face hurts from smiling. Um, you might have to massage your cheeks when you're done. That's that's what I really hope to leave them with. Um, and uh, and. And I, I'm really excited for that. I'm really excited to play with the musicians that are signed up to play on that show. And uh, I always love the Lower East Side, so uh, or the East Village rather. So I'm I'm super excited to meet everybody. Awesome. And finally, if you could have any artist cover one of your songs from Impossible, <laughs> what song and what artist? Wow, that is a really cool question. Well, thank you. <laughs> Let me think about that. Well, uh, I would be honored if... <laughs> Let me think about this for a second. <laughs> I actually would be over the moon with a wooden if Beyonce decided to cover Impossible. Because I think she'd sing the crap out of it. <laughs> Pardon my French. I think she would just kill it. And she'd probably put some some crazy video to it and, and make it, you know, more, take it to a whole level that I probably wouldn't have even thought to take it. And, uh, yeah, that, that would be pretty cool. Well, we'll see what we can do about that. Well, we'll call our contacts at Beyonce. <laughs> Well, that's all I have for you, little lady. Thank you so, so much. Congratulations on such a great, fantastic debut. Thank you. Like, can she be any more, like, just effervescent and adorable? I don't think so. That is incredible she was she was great she was great and i loved her voice the first time you started letting me listen to like the tracks when Mm -hmm. you were setting up for your interview and you know it's it's not always easy during the day when we're like trying to like do work and then get ready for the podcast and stuff like yeah i completely switched gears from work mode to like podcast mode it's not like it's not work mode anyway i know it's the same thing rather than work (laughs) 1.0 mode yeah it's the same thing really but like you were listening to it and usually like you'll listen to the stuff with your headphones and then like you'll pull the plug and be like yeah listen to this one song Mm -hmm. we went through like a bunch of songs Mm -hmm. and like even her original stuff is just it's so good voice is incredible it really is and it's just like and just I love just how she sounds. She has an amazing look. Like the one picture on her website, AubreyLogan.com, she looks like a brunette Twiggy, which is like the first thing that I said to you. I was like, oh my gosh, because she has those like 60s eyelashes and like she's just so fabulous. But her voice and just her personality like really comes through. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it was great. I loved hearing just, you know, how she was told that she this was impossible, like what she's doing and melding these two musical genres was not going to happen. Because I think you have to have such foresight in order to see it. Because if somebody just told you, hey, we're going to like, you know, do pick any song and we're going to like from modern day and we're gonna like throw it back to like the sound of like the 50s or 40s or whatever you'd be looking at like oh no i don't see it yeah like you her you can't touch this it's just like 
holy shit like it just was so fresh and so different from this song like everybody knows MC Hammer like everybody knows that song and it's like you're listening to this and it's just like it's Aubrey all the way and that's so cool yeah and it was weird too because she covered um, Give It Away by the Mm -hmm. Red Hot Chili Peppers and that was the one that before we listened to it I was kind of like I don't really know if I want to listen to it because I like that song a lot as is right. by the Red see, Hot I'm Chili not, Peppers I don't have an opinion on and like, you don't because you don't like I don't the really Red Hot Chili Peppers I don't really care for them like once in a while I'll be like okay but like they're not like I just eh but especially that song because it's just so like upbeat and like that genre of music is and it's kind so of like them, yeah. smoky lounge kind of thing and it's kind of like how are you gonna turn that dip, give it away yeah. into like a smoky lounge sound and man I swear I, I you know one of the things is like when they reach out to get the rights to the songs, even though it goes through, you know, mm-hmm. postmodern jukebox in order to happen. Um, it's like, I wonder what the artists think of. Yeah. Like, I wish I would have been it. able to ask her that. And like, I did plan on it, but the way that our conversation was going, like it kind of just like flowed along. So I didn't unfortunately get to ask that. So call me back, Aubrey. Let's do a round two. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm sure Aubrey's going to be very busy. With she the is. Number three jazz album on I know. iTunes. I know. And she's coming to New York City um, this week, actually. Uh, on September 9th, she's going to be at the Rockwood Music Hall on the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's going to be traveling. And from there, she goes to Stockholm and she goes to the UK. And then she comes back to, like, California, like, in October. And she's doing some shows on her own and also with um, Postmodern Jukebox. So she's going to be bouncing back and forth between the two and stuff. And I think it's just, it's really interesting. And I think it's going to be a really, really good show. Oh, yeah, it totally will be. I mean, we almost went to the last postmodern jukebox we tour did, that came yeah. around. And that's like when, you know. When we all the health stuff happened. Yes, we weren't really mobile for it. But yeah. I really wanted to go to, the, you know, to, to see it because it's just like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like everything man. that's coming out now is the same type of music over and over again. So when something like this comes up, it just... It could be the same music, but just to twist it is incredible. I hit the wrong button. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I expect nothing less from you. I'm doing nothing to help my case. Show 100, Nikki. <laughs> Show 100. And I swear to God, I feel like I need to take like all your toys away before we start recording. So far... You move the mic when you sat down, you bang the candle on the table during recording, and then you start playing like music in the middle of me talking. It's my talking bugging you so much that you just kind of play music over me. It might be because like you're yelling, like you're literally yelling at me right now. I feel like I'm on the Academy Awards and this is your wrap it up music that you're playing (laughs) in the background. This is crazy. Just say, oh, all right. Would that work? No. No, it would not. Because I'd be like Conor McGregor when Showtime shut his mic off and he just knocked the mic over and he goes, is this mic working? Fuck Showtime. And then just went on his rant and just continued well, on. That's me. You sure are Conor McGregor, babe. Well, it's the Irish blood. <laughs> it must be. It must be the Irish blood. But it, at least it was Aubrey's music because we I have her information here to, so yeah. I could talk about her. Like, <laughs> So it's not like I did some faux pas and played like somebody else. It was. Well, thank God for that. Just <laughs> I know. Can you like, imagine? Oh, well, like, yeah. That probably would be something I would do. That sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, it does. I would stop pressing buttons right now if I was you, unless you 100% But I just wanted to. to get the dates right. So, like, you okay. know, she's going to be in Europe. She's going to be... 
here in New York. So she's all over the place. And I love the tip that she like gave us, you know, and and it's so interesting that she likes listening to podcasts. Yeah. You know, instead of because she's like, I don't like listening to music that often because, you know, that's what she does. And it's funny because I don't like listening to podcasts. You I hate listening to people talk. so weird. Because my whole day is spent listening to people talk or clink or rustle bags. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But my whole day is spent listening to people talk and writing words and thinking of words. So, like, when it comes to, like, relaxation for me... It's music. Like, I turn to music, and I just like getting lost in the music. Yeah, I could kind of see that. See, I can't – I usually can't listen and concentrate it's at the so same time. It's so annoying that you can't. I can't. I mean, I used to be able to. My God, like, years ago, I used to be able to just, like, you know, crank a radio, like, really loud and just have everything going on around me. And I don't know, man. I don't know if it's, like, a patience thing that I've gotten lost over time where – Wait, you had patience to begin with? I have golden patience. Do you? Do you? But here's the thing, though. (laughs) I have to be very selective with what I give my patience to. Uh, Because I only have so many. But if... Because we're going to the grocery store later, so you're trying to save some of your patience for that. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Me staying contained right now is using up (laughs) all of my patience (laughs) with the way we have been going so far. (laughs) You know, so far, it's been like just eating those patients up. (laughs) Well, I hope it tastes good. It's like our it's like our data plan. When you get like a thing, like I gotta just send you a text and saying we are seventy five percent, you know, spent on patients right now. I don't know how it happens. I don't know how it happens either. But it's not me because I don't leave the house, so I'm always on the internet. Well, good for you. Well, thank Look you. Look at very you, much. you star student. Well, some of us, you know, anyway. just rise above. Anyway, well, Aubrey Logan's Impossible is out now, and you could find out more information by going to AubreyLogan.com, and that's A-U-B-R-E-Y-L-O-G-A-N.com. Yay! Thank you so much, Aubrey. Like, that was a really, really good interview. And yeah, it was, you, you were so like... fun to talk to, and the yeah. album is just fantastic, and I definitely recommend everybody go out and get it right now and keep it on iTunes top. Yeah, and if you don't, Nikki's gonna like do something ridiculous. I'll trip this over show. a mic for you or something. Yeah. I'll tangle you up in my <laughs> mic wires. <laughs> Even if you do buy the album, there's a good chance Nikki is going to tangle you up in the mic wires because. For herself. She might hang herself by accident, but Tom will at least make it look like an accident. I've go- I was gonna just <laughs> I say, know, I, I was saw like, it. oh, like, you heard her. It could wait, be an accident. It could be an accident. It totally could be. So I just gave him your in. So if I'm not on the show next week, alert the authorities. That Nikki did some- something wrong to herself. <laughs> <laughs> Let it be known. <laughs> Shall we get into a roly poly rorty? Sure. We could do that. And here we are, a week after we started talking about the dog, what do you think of our new pet? I'm like, wait, where is he? (laughs) We don't have one yet. We don't have one yet. We don't have one yet, but we're getting there. We're making strides. So for those of you who missed last week's show, basically what we're How dare you, to, first of all. Yes. I mean, seriously, get your shit together. <laughs> <laughs> Tom is on the warpath and he's coming for you too. If I had a nickel for every time somebody told me that lately. <laughs> seriously, though, get your shit together. <laughs> so last week we mentioned that um, 
one of the things that my doctors would like to see um, because of the POTS that I'm dealing with, and not the good kind, you know, the the bad kind, kind. um, is to get... Allegedly. Allegedly, (laughs) is to get a service dog, one Mm -hmm. that will basically... If I go out for a walk, the dog would come with me. Yes. If I pass out, it would, like, sit down next to me, make sure that nobody messes with me or tries to, like, you know. Right. Or if I got Pick overly your hurt, it's, like, another flare, basically. Yeah. It's up, like, oh, there's a dog wearing a rescue vest sitting over this guy on the street. Something's wrong. I should wrong. call 911. Yeah. Like, I should call 911 after I pick his pocket. Right. And plus, like, it, it would be something to encourage you to get out more because there are days between when it's, you get fresh air it's like it's, weeks it's yeah like it's it's very it's very rare that you get outside which is really i think not a good thing well nobody does it's like definitely like a like a wear on one's mental state for yes. sure um you know you could tell how happy i am with the way things have been going so far <laughs> on the show today. <laughs> and i still have 80 percent of you know what, what was what was the thing that we referred to before? Uh, patience. patience. Yeah. 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 So I got 20% left of oh, good okay. patience. Good, good. 80% of bad patience. And that goes on a week basis. So he's used 80% of his weekly allotment of patience. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Ooh, thank God Monday is coming up so we can like renew again. <laughs> so the watch can restart. Yes. But yeah, so it's to encourage him to also get up. Yes. And get out because the less he does, the longer the road is going to be for his recovery. Because the main thing right now is exercise for him. And it's not like, you know, it's it's just moving around, doing 11 minutes, you know, doing what he can. And it's just, it's getting those legs moving to get that blood pumping. And 11 minutes right now is a struggle. It totally yeah, is a struggle. Yeah, I know. I see it. So, I see it when you're trying to do them. It's You know, when I get a full 11 minutes worth of workout in, the next day... You're dead, yeah. I know. So it's, like, crazy that, you know, here we were a couple of months back talking about, like, you know, running a half marathon. And, yeah. you know, here we are today, and it's kind of like I can't even... You know, but you're going to get, get back to that started. eventually, you know, if you do we'll what see. they tell you to do. You're not doing what they tell you to do. So what do you expect, like, anything to be different? You were better when we were at the Mayo Clinic because you were walking every single day. And, yeah, you were exhausted, but you had color on your cheeks. You had fresh air. So, like, getting a dog and getting outside and having something as, like, the comfort of having something be with you when I can't or Tyler can't, you know, I think that's going to be really, really helpful. So where are we on the status of getting a dog? Well, um, we reached out to a lot of places. Mm-hmm. By we, I mean me. Because you, I would show you dogs and you'd be like, yeah, reach out to that person. And it would be like, oh, man, you interviewed these people at some of these kennels. You could call up to and just say, like, hey, what's going on? Okay. Well, you but, never said that to me. So thank you for waiting, saving that for while we were on the air. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Now everybody knows. So anyway, here we go. The dog situation is so bizarre because I don't need a completely trained dog. Right. Like one would like like someone who is blind or has seizures or something like that. Like you don't need one that can fetch things for you. Right. I don't need it to tell me when I'm going to pass out because I know when I'm going right. to pass out when I stand up, you know, like I can right. tell like, oh, shit, it's coming or get dizzy or fall over. Like, right. I just need it mostly for protection when I go out Mm -hmm. to make sure that, you know, nobody messes with me when I do pass Mm -hmm. out, Um, you know, and that's it. And I mean, 
the, the, when I, we were talking to the doctor, also as mentioned last week, you know, the dog is there as a person to have a conversation with during the day because the majority of the time, nobody is here during the day. It's just me. And she right. said, just having something else breathing in the apartment with you will go a long way to help your mental right. status. Yeah. So we reached out to a bunch of places and oddly enough, not one returned Cold. Yeah, so many shelters and so 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 much help is needed for shelters. So many animals are in the shelters and not one of those shelters in New York City called us back. Nope, I got an email from one. But it was just like an automated message, wasn't it? Was it was an automated message yeah, saying, like we received your message, but... Right, you need to fill out the application and then we can answer some of your questions. And my questions are just so simple that I've simplified the way I ask them. And they were just so simple to start with. All I need to know is, on a scale from 1 to 10, just put a number next to, can a dog sit, stay, come? Can it, um, is it crate trained? Is it potty trained? Leash and trained. And can it walk on a leash? Mm-hmm. Just put a number from 1 to 10, 10 being like, right, because, most, and that's it. Right, because we're not looking at puppies, you know, right. which there are an abundance of puppies, especially now that a lot, like, you know, a, like they're getting shipments from Texas and stuff with, right. with puppies and things like that. So, like, we're looking for for someone. I'm like, for someone, we're looking for a, a dog that is, like, a year to three years old that has already been trained and gone through, th- you know, like, has those basic things. Right. And then, you know, we can get it certified to a sp- more specific specifications that you need f- right. with your pots. Right. Which is not pulling, which, which is, is right, easy, easy right. on the leash. And which like, should fall into line, which should like, you know, fall into line with the training that it's already had. Right. Because I mean, it's, we're just asking for normal commands and, you know, we send out like, you know, here are six things that we need to do. Just give me a scale of one to 10, what it is. And then the, all they say is fill out the application. We'd be glad to answer your questions about a specific dog. But if you inquire about a specific dog on the application and they and that dog is still available by the time they get to your name. Which could be who God knows when. Yeah. Well, they said weeks. Weeks, yeah. And that dog's still available. You're now expected to be committed to taking that dog at this one shelter. Sight unseen. Sight unseen because that's the one you inquired about. They took the time out of their day to answer your six questions. So now you're expected to go down and pick the dog up. And it's kind of like what's wrong with the way this shelter system is working? Like if, you know, they're in such dire needs, why aren't they answering adoption questions? Like it's just so insane. Right, because, you know, because they make it, they they make it very clear that they are going to put you through the ringer in making sure that that dog gets a good home. But like, we need to make sure that that dog is going to be good for our home as well. So that's why, like, you know, of course, we, every picture you're showing me, I'm just like, I want that one. I want that one. I want that one. Like, some of them are just like, and when you read the like the nuances of, like, their personality that these people that are working with them explain about, and it's like, wow, this one sounds perfect. Like, the ones that are like, all she wants to do is just lay on the couch with you. Like, you know, she knows, she likes to go out for her walks, but she also likes coming back home and being on the couch. I'm like, that is Tom. Like, that is Tom as a dog. <laughs> So it's like with the exception of going out in the first place because he could pee inside. He could, he could, (laughs) and he sometimes does. (laughs) Now that the laws in New York have relaxed, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But like, it's just like we, especially with your with your condition, like 
if we were to take a trip down to one of the shelters, which we do have to do to see who they have on hand, because a right. lot of times, you know, things happen so quickly that like it's hard for them to update their their register of like who they have available and stuff. But like for us to go downtown and get you downtown, like we're looking at like a day like that's exhausting for you. So like we want to do as much legwork as we can from here and just find out more information about the dog that we're interested in coming with and coming to see so that like we're not wasting their time and we're not wasting our time which we don't have a lot of because we don't want you to get overworked you know what i mean yes and money because for us to travel downtown now we have no choice but to take cars everywhere because the subway is you know for the most part out of the question we take cabs everywhere now yeah and to get downtown from where we are we're talking like fifty dollars each direction so i'm gonna spend a hundred dollars to come down and read to you the same six questions that you could have just sent me an answer back on before i got and that's like that's very disheartening to me because like i do i i have done a lot of stories on you know local animal shelters local adoption events that are that happen here in the city and i love them and i've gotten to see firsthand how amazing the work is but i was never like on the needed end like i was never on like the like receiving end of like needing them you know i was just covering the work that they did but like it's just how do you not like respond like we've inquired about like five or six dogs dogs by now and it's like not even like a question like not even just one response back and it was just an automated message yep yep i mean it's kind of ridiculous and so we have to think of other facets of ways to get a dog Mm -hmm. because we had zero like literally zero leads up until yesterday right and this has been going on for like solidly like the last week and a half yeah definitely um so we reach out on our social media pages Mm -hmm. and in doing so i got a lot of great suggestions and and anyone who suggested a specific dog like you know that sent one Mm -hmm. you know via like private message i loved every one of them but, you know, again, it's going to be a process. Like, I can't take a seven-year-old dog just right. because I would – I not that I don't love them. I mean – We would but, love – we are going to love any dog that we get so much that, like, it's going to be unbearable for anybody to be around or – like, I'm going to be a monster with my Instagram. But, like, yeah. Well, he'll have his own Instagram. Obviously. He'll have his own. But, I mean, yeah, it's going to be filled up pretty quick. So, but uh, <laughs> there's no doubt about that. We're going to be fighting for Instagram time. Yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> but the weird thing is, like, you know, in this situation, it's kind of like, um, you know, you get, like, these suggestions and everybody wants to help, but you really got to think about it. Like, if you get a seven-year-old dog to take care of you, it in two years from now, it's gonna start who's going to take care of the dog? It, because yeah. they're going to need help. So... You know, so we got to be careful. So what's weird is, um, and we both like you know have lost dogs, and that it was it was so horrible. Like it was absolutely horrible to go through. So we would like to prolong that as yes. long as possible. It's very traumatizing, and it's one of you know one of the big things when you said you wanted a dog just to have a dog in general. It was one of the things that deterred us from. Yeah, doing it was one. Yeah, and that that was like your big. Yeah, like your big. Personal, yeah, yeah, your big whatever. Yeah, because the loss of a dog is huge. It is. Yeah. So somehow we got put in touch with 
a woman that is near Cooperstown, New York, mm-hmm. and she baseball trains the big baseball Hall of Fame, yes. <laughs> um, she is um, a trainer of dogs for veterans. Mm-hmm. Not veterinarians, like because you, you kept thought saying I was vets. saying. You I kept think... saying vets, and we're talking about dogs, so I automatically assumed veterinarian. It's a common yeah. mistake. For a whole day, you thought I was I talking did. about I thought... veterinarians. I was like, oh, I was I'm like, like that's veterans. nice that she like trains these dogs for veterinarians because I thought like they would go. People would come to the veterinarians and say, "I need a service dog." Like that's their way of going through it. So it's a shut up, Tom. All right, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> so these dogs, I mean, you know. She trains them, gives them to vets, and she was introduced to me by a mutual friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And what she does is she go comes from Cooperstown, New York, to here in New York City in the Bronx and, like, out on Long Island at North Shore Animal Center. And she talks to a lot of the caregivers, and she asks for which ones have potential. And then she'll train mm-hmm. a couple at a time. And when people reach out to her, she has, like, dogs ready to go or if somebody says like me you know when i spoke to her yesterday you know today's friday um she was like i have a dog ready right now that would be perfect for you not knowing where i was living though right you know she thought our apartment was much bigger and it was a 98 pound pit bull so there was no way Mm -hmm. that is going to fit in our apartment no we already have a 98 pound pit bull that has our own bedroom we don't need another one (laughs) So, you know, it's weird because you got to, like, be conscious of breed, even though I don't want, you know, I want to pick the best dog, not care what it is. Right. But, I mean, still, you know. We love pit bulls. We do. Like, I mean, they're definitely a contender because they are strong. They're strong enough to be able to, like, but they're not huge. Like, they're not going to be, like, a gigantic lab. Like, you know how some labs are just, like, horses? Right. And then, like... You know, but 98 pounds is a a lot for you. And, like, if something, you know, because, yes, they may be the greatest trained dog in the world, but, like, there may be a time where something might spook them. Oh, I know. So, you know, and, like, you don't want a 98-pound dog on the end of your leash to get spooked and run off while you're attached to it. Well, I'm already, I have the vision. The vision is I pass out, the dog sits down next to me for a second, sees a squirrel, and then just starts running and dragging me behind it. Like down the Wild the West. Like with you like a cowboy behind the horse or something. Yeah, and then I wake up and the dog is just sitting next to me like a mile from where <laughs> I passed out. I don't know where like, I am. I got road pavement rash. burn. Yeah. yeah, like all over me. And I'm just like, look at this thing. And he's looking like with a big smile on his face and maybe a, like a squirrel tail sticking out of maybe, like side of its mouth. Maybe. But yeah, so, so, you know, right now the process is like we're no further, but we've got good leads. And, yeah. you know, we have some feelers out there to people who, you know, may not be a shelter, but we tried and we need to look at different options because this is something that needs to happen and it needs to happen soon. Yes. And we will definitely be looking into like the shelters that did not respond and like what their turnaround is as far as pets. And it will be a whole show based on that for mm-hmm. sure. Because, you know, at the end of the day, it's for the dogs. It's not for, you know, the people who are helping them. It, You know what I mean? Right. Like you're, you're stopping a dog from having a normal life and that's right. just not fair. Right. You know? So I think that does it for this week's Roly Poly Rorty. Sounds good to me. All right. So let's play our outro. Ah, 
So I guess we could say that that was this week's show, huh? This was this week's show. This was our hundredth episode. What, what? It's a lot. It's so much to handle, but I hope you enjoyed it. Yes, and we put our first video up this week for those of you who want to check out our social media pages. We did. We posted our first video on YouTube, and we got one thumbs down, so thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but we got, like, so we many got views, Yeah, it got man. a really good response on social media and on our YouTube page, so definitely check it out, and be warned, more are coming. Oh, yes, they are. In the meantime, if you want to write to us, um, please feel free to do so at highregardshow at gmail.com. And of course, you could check out our website, which has links to all of our shows, articles we've done in the past, and now a link to our YouTube page where we will start posting more, you know, little, little, little vignettes, little video uh, treats for you people. Little nuggets of treatness. Yeah. And you can always find us on every social media outlet you could possibly think of, except for those few that nobody use, as High Regard Show. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There's one guy that's out there using MySpace saying, I've been looking for you for like the last 100 episodes and I can't find you. I want to listen to your show, but I can't find you. I've been trying to download you on Napster for like 100 (laughs) episodes now. So that's a wrap on 100. Thank you very much again for listening. Thank you to Aubrey for coming on and celebrating with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. And thank you, every single one of you bastards, for listening. Yes. We appreciate it more than you could ever know. We love you. <laughs> we'll find you. Have a great week and a safe... Memo- what? Isn't it Labor Day? It is Labor Day. Yeah. Today is Labor Day. So it have is. a safe Labor Day and... You know. Carry on my wayward son. That's it. Good night, everyone. All right, stop. Collaborate and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention, son. Grabs a hold of me tight and flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? No, I don't know. Turn out the lights, huh? And I'll blow to the extreme. I rock a mic like a vandal. Light up a stage and wax a jump like a candle. Dance. Rush the speaker that booms. I'm feeling your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Dead. When I play a dog, turn to be a or leave it, you better gain weight, you better hit the bullseye, the kid don't play. And if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Ice, ice, baby. They're clapping because it's over. <laughs>